With Siyata Dishmaya, let's continue on our lessons of knowing what it is that we're saying when we're davening to the King of Kings and Shma, Shmona Esrei, etc. So now we're in the section of the Amidah where we're asking for peace. And when we say, place peace, goodness and blessing, favor, kindness and compassion upon us and upon all Israel, your people. Bless our Father all as one with the light of your countenance, for by the light of your countenance you gave us, my Master, our God, the Torah of life and the love of kindness, righteousness, blessing, compassion, life and peace. And may it be good in your eyes to bless your people, Israel, at every time and at every moment with your peace. You are the source of all blessing, my Master, who blesses his people, Israel, with peace. So in this closing blessing of the Shemona Esrei, we ask Hashem for goodness, blessing, favor, kindness, and compassion, each of which is so important to us. So yet, requests at this point are out of place. Rabbi Yehuda said, a person should not ask for his needs, not during the first three blessings of the Shemona Esrei, and not during the last three blessings. Instead, he should ask during the middle blessings. So let's compare the blessings in the middle of the Shemona Esrei with this final blessing of peace. The blessings in the middle of the Shemona Esrei focus on asking God for our physical and spiritual needs, both individually and collectively. And we ask for wisdom and the inspiration to repent. We request that God help us with livelihood and heal us when we are sick. Collectively, we appeal to God to gather the exiles and return them to Jerusalem. We pray to the Almighty to bring Mashiach and restore the service in the temple. And these are examples of the kind of blessing that may not be recited during the first three blessings which are devoted to praising God and the last three which are blessings of thankfulness. So the last blessing of the Shemona Esrei on the service may appear to be a series of requests. Place peace, goodness and blessing, favor, kindness and compassion upon us. Actually, these terms are primarily spiritual in nature. We are appealing to Hashem to bestow upon us these spiritual qualities so that we can better serve Him. We aspire the highest levels of spirituality we can only, which we can only achieve with divine inspiration. In order to better appreciate the purpose of mentioning these blessings and the blessing of peace, we need to explore the blessing of the priest first invoked by Aaron, the high priest in the Mishkan. It says, May God bless you and keep you. May God make his countenance shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. So many people think that it's the priests who give the blessing on God's behalf. But the Torah teaches us that it is God who gives the blessing and the priests are only its conduits. Thus they shall place my name on the people of Israel and I will bless them. So the last word of the priestly blessing is peace as is the last word of the final blessing who blesses his people Israel with peace. And there's still another critical connection between the two blessings. Both blessings describe Hashem as directing his countenance or face towards his people. And the priestly blessing, the wording is, may God make his countenance shine upon you. And in the closing blessing, for by the light of your countenance you gave us. What is the significance of this expression? So in Hebrew, the word for countenance or face is, which we understand, relates to the word inner self. And when we look at another person, we can tell by the facial expression whether he or she is happy or sad. Unlike human beings, God does not have to look at our face to see our inner self. He goes right to the source of our feelings. So when Hashem shines His light, it reflects His connection with us, 
without any barriers. And this is the essence of God shining his countenance upon us. It's symbolic of the highest relationship between man and God. God's face, as it were, beams a spiritual light on man who is bathed in the light and warmth of God's love. And when, God forbid, the Almighty turns his face away from man, hiding his love from him, he shrouds his presence in an act called the concealment of his face. And we may understand the relationship between these two blessings better by asking ourselves who initiates these blessings. And so the priestly blessing is initiated by God without his people requesting it. It's an all-inclusive blessing promising us that God will bless us and keep us safe, enlighten us with spirituality, favor us and give us peace. And this blessing is a blessing of love. The priestly blessing itself declares that God blesses his people out of love. And apparently there is no need to ask Hashem for anything else. So why in the last blessing of peace do we mention many of the same things included in the priestly blessing? Peace, blessing, God's countenance and favor. In reality, these blessings are not, in essence, new requests. They are grateful confirmations of all that God can and will provide us. So even though the last blessing appears to begin with requests, it really is a continuation of the preceding priestly blessing. And to be sure, the expression grant peace has a different interpretation that gives a whole new spin to our understanding. We are not asking for peace, which Hashem had already granted us in the priestly blessing. We are asking God to take that blessing of peace, which contains all the blessings within it, and give it to our people. Peace is indeed the vessel that contains all the blessings. And we're asking Hashem to put it as the first and foremost of all the blessings. In brief, the key word in this last blessing does not mean grant peace, but rather place peace. In the words of our rabbis, the Holy One, blessed be He, found no vessel that could contain blessing for Israel except for the blessing of peace. And when we say, upon us and upon all Israel, your people, when we pray for blessings, we're not selfish. We ask for blessings upon ourselves and for all of Israel, your people. We realize that we are not only a nation of individuals, but in a sense we're likened to one body. Our rabbis teach us that if one were to print a toe, the entire body would shudder. As small and inconsequential as that limb may be, its pain affects the entire body. So we seek blessings not only for ourselves, but for our entire nation. And we pray that the blessings that we ask for ourselves should be the blessings of our people. And generally, when we refer to peace in a national sense, we seek freedom from external threats to our people. In different vein, Rabbi Yonason A. Bishop's suggests that this national peace alludes to freedom from internal disharmony. When warring fractions of our people settle their disputes and infighting comes to a halt, then true peace can reign and society flourishes. Shalom between Israel and the nations as well as shalom ending internal strife demonstrates how peace can be an enabler to other blessings. In this sense, shalom truly is the vessel that holds all other blessings together. So when we speak about peace, we typically speak about the absence of war and hostilities. In fact, Hashem bestows upon us a blessing that we will not experience war. I will give peace in the land and the sword shall not cross your land. So peace is critical in human relations as well. We arbor strife and rifts between people. Shalom bias, harmony between husband and wife and between parents and children is an essential element of peace. But yet there's another kind of peace, one that is not mentioned enough inner peace and then there is the finest and highest form of shalom 
that of inner peace, one's personal peace of mind. This is the peace of the neshama. And to be at peace with oneself, or as Rabbi Shimon Schwab phrases it, to achieve peace of the neshama is the highest form of peace. The very word for peace, shalom, derives from the term shalom, completeness. And some have translated it as perfect, whole. If one is physically suffering or in emotional distress, that individual cannot be at peace. It is only when one has a respite from pain that one can begin to experience peace. And with this inner state of tranquility, one can begin to appreciate life's blessings in a whole new way. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.